The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know about a opportunity that is going to start February 1st. If you're new with us here or you know that you just need a refresh or you're starting for the first time to encounter God through His Word, I want to invite you to a 30-day crash course called Help My Bible is Alive. It's a book I've written that leads you day by day through the basic tools you need to encounter God through His Word. And I don't want you to do it alone. I want you to come with us with a whole community of folks who are going to spend 30 days really just jumping in and making a habit, creating a commitment to really learn how to use those tools and understand God through His Word. All you need is the book, Help My Bible is Alive, which will drop in the show notes. And you can just come on over to my website, NicoleUnis.com slash Bible. And there you'll find a way to sign up for a free group where I'll be doing live videos and you can be in community starting February 1st as we all journey together through Help My Bible is Alive. I'll see you guys there. If you're feeling like in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't feel like a new creation. Well, there's a therefore. Like We want to understand what happens. What happens when we come into Christ? What what happens when the new creation has come? Because the more I understand it, the more knowledge I have, then I can actually embrace the, the fullness of this promise for what it really means. Hey everyone, welcome to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice and I am your host, your coach, your Bible teacher sometimes. I've been trying to just be your facilitator, but man, do I love these passages and I'm so excited about what they're teaching us. We're in a little mini series here called New Promises for the New Year. But you know what? Whenever you're listening to this, if it's in 2022 or in the doldrums of March or April, I want you to know that new promises are there for us no matter what day it is, no matter where we are in our life, no matter how far gone we feel or how broken we feel inside, God is continuing to offer us the promise of new. It says in Lamentations 3 that God's mercies are new every morning, which means every single day, no matter what, no matter when this is, uh, is an opportunity for you to be made new. But of course, there's something about a new year that encourages us, right, to want to take on new habits. And maybe we start off real strong and we're like, yes, this is the year I eat healthy. This is the year I exercise. This is the year I am more patient with my family. I'm going to be more loving. And we, we sort of take on all of these things. And right about now is about the time where we start to realize, oh, it is very difficult to change. And if you are feeling that, I want you to know that this whole series is about what God has done for us and what God continues to do for us. And it is just like a drink of cold water on a hot, hot day because the level of refreshment that goes into us when we realize that we have a Heavenly Father who loves us. And as we said in week one, we have a Heavenly Father who does not require anything of us that He does not promise to us. Like, He is promising to actually do the things that He's requiring of us. So if God's calling us to holiness, He's going he's gonna to make a way for us to get there. And if, if God's calling us to a new attitude of mind, like we talked about last week, He's going to make a way for us to get there. We are active participants in the transforming work 
that the Spirit of God is doing through us when we are in Christ, when we are following Jesus. I want you to know that if you've decided that Jesus is the Lord of your life and you've realized that you believe in God, that you believe in Jesus, that he was raised from the dead, that he is the Son of God, you're sealed in the Spirit, that God's Spirit is in you. And now, from here on out, this whole process and this whole life is about just becoming more in touch with the Holy Spirit that is in you, that is with you, and you are never alone. Um, You are never without, and God is actually instructing you from the inside out now. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's what we're going to talk about. This week is a new creation. We learned in week one that God promises us a new heart. We learned in week two that we participate in God giving us a new mindset in the new self. And now we're going to back it up and talk about this massive idea that God is calling us a new creation. So if you've got your Bible, if you're following along, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter five. This may be, I always say that things are my favorite verse and I have a lot of favorite verses, but this may be one of the most transformative passages of scripture that I've experienced in my life is this part of chapter five from verse 11, all the way through the end of the chapter in verse 21. We're going to look at one verse within, but as we study, we'll, we'll kind of go around a little bit, but boy, oh boy, if you are looking for direction, if you are looking for purpose, if you need just a short passage that helps you understand what this whole thing is all about, you have found it today, my friends. So if you just want to join me to take a deep breath, I want to invite you to just bring your body and your mind and your spirit into one place. This is not about what happened yesterday. It's not about what you're worried about tomorrow. It is about this moment where God is meeting you, where you are meeting him where you're spending time with this all-powerful God whose ways are higher than our ways, but yet he chooses and desires to be in relationship with us. So let's meet with him now. We are in 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to look at verse 17. Just 17, just one verse. Here it is. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. I'm going to read that again. And I want you to start thinking about what your questions are. Remember, step one, what does it say? What does this say? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. I hope, I hope, I hope you stopped on that very first word. If you've been with me for a while, you know, a very important word in scripture is the very first word of this verse, therefore. Okay, therefore, what does therefore mean? It means, hey, whatever happened before this is really important. If you just read this next part and you don't know what happened before this, you're not going to be able to get to the next part. So this is one of those verses that people use out of context. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. True. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. That is so true. However, if you're feeling like in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't feel like a new creation. Well, there's a therefore, like we want to understand what happens, what happens when we come into Christ, what, what happens when the new creation has come, because the more I understand it, the more knowledge I have, then I can actually 
embrace the the fullness of this promise for what it really means. So the therefore is really important. So we're going to underline in our passage, we're going to circle it in our Bibles or in our journal, whatever. I need to know what happened before this that leads me to this big promise, right? Next, it says if. So now we've got a conditional proposition, right? Preposition. I said proposition, but it's a preposition. This is conditional. So the if is if you are in Christ. So that's what's the next word? Anyone. Anyone means anyone. (laughs) There is no one excluded. This is not for those of you who have been in church for a long time. This is for anyone. This is for your mailman, and this is for the politician that you really don't like, and this is for the person that feels like they are against you, and this is for the person that you love in your life that feels so far from God. It is for everyone. But the if is what? That they are in Christ, right? Is in Christ. So we're going to probably want to underline is in Christ and ask ourselves a question. Who is in Christ? How are we in Christ? How does that happen? We want to make sure that we understand that. Okay, so therefore, connect from the past. If, now the conditional is anyone, so this is this applies to everyone, and what, what they have to be is in Christ, right? So if you're in Christ, the next parts of this are true. So you're going to ask yourself, what does it mean to be in Christ? And now the next parts are going to be true. The new creation, what? has come. So here we're going to see in this verse, when we really start to break it down, and we do this a lot in Help My Bible is Alive, pay attention to tenses, to verb tenses. And if you haven't been in eighth grade English in a while, like I haven't, let me just remind you that verb tenses are just like, is the verb in the past? Is the verb in the present? Is the verb in the future? Is it talking about past, present, or future? That's all That's all I mean when I say verb tenses. So has come means past, right? Because it would be is coming if it was future or is here if it's now. So it's actually saying has come. So it means that this thing that has happened has already happened. The new creation has come. It's not coming. It has come. And then it just to reiterate the old what has gone. The new is what? Is the new coming? New. The new is here. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, 
and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So this is about our actual reality right now, right? Well, it is if we know what it means to be in Christ. So we're going to ask ourselves, what happened before this passage? What does it mean to be in Christ, right? And because whatever that thing is, whatever's happened before and whatever, it means something new is here. Like I'm living into a totally new reality. If you've ever thought to yourself, I just can't wait to get to heaven. I understand that because obviously we know that when we get to the fulfillment of history, and there is a fulfillment of history, by the way, this is not just it. Like we're not just going to live in perpetual like this. God has said that he will come, that Jesus is coming back and that he will come to judge the world and that there will be a time where every knee will bow. Everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We will know the reality of Jesus. There is a culmination of history that we're all going to experience if we're in Christ. And it is a beautiful feast of the lamb. It is a celebratory fullness where creation is restored, right? And renewed in all ways. That is happening. That is going to happen. And there is a time in heaven where there'll be no more crying or mourning or pain and all of that will go away. But the reality is that we're also learning in this passage that something essential has already happened when we are in Christ. That this kingdom of God that Jesus talks about over and over again in the New Testament, that's accessible to us now. Your eternal life starts when you are in Christ. Your eternal life does not start when you're in heaven. Your eternal life starts when you say yes to Christ. When you are in Christ, you've started. Now, you haven't experienced the fullness of it until we're free, right, of this world, of, 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 this, of this body, whether that's because Christ has come back or because we're in heaven. But it has started. Okay, see, I'm getting ahead of myself again. Okay, so there we are. That's what we want to learn. So let's to go for the therefore. So we're in step two. What's the backstory? So we want to know the backstory. The backstory is when we start to answer some of these questions. We want to know what questions we need to ask and what questions we want to answer from this passage. And that's where the rest of this passage comes to play. So if this is like, if you're asking these questions, oh, I want to know that, like, what is the therefore? I want you to just back up to verse 11. And you'll see there it says since. So again, remember when I said, hey, this is how you start a Bible study. This is how you begin to journey on your own in a conversation and a relationship with God is you start to ask questions and you're not going to answer all those questions in one 10 minute devotion. You may have to leave a question for tomorrow or for the next day. And you're going to return to this passage because you're interested and you're actually now on your way. You're on your way to a dynamic relationship with Christ through his word, through the message of the Bible. That's what you're doing when you do that. You don't need to have someone else's Bible study for you to start a Bible study. A Bible study starts with questions. It starts with wanting to explore through your study and through faith with God that you want to study this stuff. You want to understand it. So if you back up to verse 11, you'll see the very first word in verse 11 is since, (laughs) since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. So we probably would want to back up a little bit more, but for today, we're going to stay here. So it starts off and says, we know what it is to fear the Lord. So we're trying to persuade men and we want to, we want to go through this process. Now you may find yourself a little bogged down in this next few verses, but just read through them. You don't have to understand everything there. You just want to understand what's happening here. And in verse 14, it says, Christ's love is compelling, compelling us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all 
that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Okay, that's a lot right there, right? You might be thinking, I have no idea what that means. That is a very jumbled set of words. I agree. It definitely can feel that way. You might have to read it a few times. But you know what? This is what your study notes are for, too. They really help us. We can go to study notes. And when we do, we see, and study notes are just... These are biblical scholars who've come together. We've got getting the best of commentary here at the bottom of our Bible in our study notes. That's in a that's in a study Bible. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to my book, Help My Bible is Alive. I help you find that study Bible that you need. It is one of the best resources that you can possibly have in your library. It is worth the investment to have a study Bible. It will serve you for the rest of your life. So in this study Bible, it's going to say to us, Hey, because Christ died for all, he involved everyone in his death. For some, his death would confirm their own death, but for others, his death was their death to sin and self. So they can now live in Christ. So we're hearing this big principle coming forward. Step three, what does this mean? And what this means is that what happened when Christ died is essential for our understanding of why we are now alive, why we have been made new in this new creation. And as you begin to study your Bible and as you spend time in the New Testament, you're going you're gonna to hear this theme come forward, this idea of new creation, this idea that we read about in scripture that Jesus actually wasn't just a sacrifice. He was the ultimate sacrifice that ushered in a new way. He was, as it says in the book of Romans, the second Adam, just as we all were born in Adam and Eve we can all be reborn in Jesus, that he He is a new life because of the way he lived his life, because he is fully God and fully man. When he made the sacrifice for our sin, he actually took your sin, your sin from the past, your sin from today, your sin for the future. He took that upon himself and he took the punishment for that sin, the way that you have rebelled against God, he, the way that you've lived outside of God's design for your life. He took that upon himself on the cross and he killed it with himself. Like you, that stuff in you died with him. So when we say that we're in Christ, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. When we do that, we become in him. Like we have now taken our life and put our life. He has taken his life and put his life in us is the better way to say it. I was about to say it the opposite way. He has taken his life and put his life in us. We have access to this new way forward. Now, if that is confusing to you, if you're new to faith, you haven't heard that before, just stay with me. It will begin to become more clear. And if your mind feels cloudy, I want you to know you can actually pray as we talked about last week about being mean, new in our mind. God, help me to understand this. Help me to understand what this means, because God is not hiding himself from you. It says in scripture that if you seek him, you will find him if you seek him with your whole heart. So if you're feeling a little confused by all this, just say, God, help me to understand what this means. But I just want you to imagine all the stuff that's hard in your life, all the ways that you know you get frustrated with yourself, all the times that you've ever felt like people have let you down or you've let others down or all that stuff in you that just doesn't feel right. And I want you to imagine that Jesus said, I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to bury it. I'm going to kill it. That old self is dead. 
the old self that thinks that you need to find your belonging in other people and in success, the old self that is looking for approval desperately, but just it never seems to be enough. The old self that just wants to, to just satisfy like your hunger and thirst for bad things. You just are like, I might as well just, who cares? Like might as well just eat the junk food. I'm just going to binge out on Netflix. Nothing matters. That old self that believes and despairs that this is really all there is. And like your lot in life is no good. All of that is the old self. That is what Jesus says he takes to the cross. He puts upon himself. And when we are in Christ, that thing is gone. It is done. It is over. You still have to live with it around like we talked about right last week, but its power is gone. It is dead. It is over. This passage is telling us that this is not something that we have to hope for in the future. This is something that has already been done. Jesus Christ, Jesus doesn't keep getting up on the cross. The work he did on the cross was completed. It was fulfilled. He took the sin and the weight of sin of the world, of you, of me, upon himself. And it says in scripture that all we have to do is believe. We have to look to the cross and believe that that's true. The work of faith is believing in the one who was sent. That's Jesus. The work of faith is actually believing that this is true. What we can learn, verse three, that this, this question three, what does this mean? What this means is that when I look to Christ, all of this stuff in me is gone and dead. I can actually bury it with him and be raised new. And the new is actually here right now. Jesus talked about this over and over again in Mark chapter two. He said, nobody puts a new cloth on an old, on an old piece of clothing because it will shrink and rip. Nobody, nobody puts um, new wine in old wineskins because they'll burst the wineskins. There's something new here. And we have this access to this newness in Galatians six 15. We'll close this with this. If you're wondering <laughs> Galatians six 15, it says this. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation, meaning what the circumcision was talking about was an old way of life where we show on the outside that we really mean it, that we really, really are, you know, following God. And it's like, no, 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 none of that matters. The only thing that matters is new creation. And the only thing that we can do to be a part of that new creation is to be in Christ. We can't work our way in. We can't follow enough rules. We can't be perfect enough. We can't be good enough. We can't talk about it enough. That's not what it is. What this verse is telling us is that the only thing that matters is being in Christ. And the way that we are in Christ is we just, we look to the cross. We look at it and we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And that means that we also have been raised with him. We are made new. We are living into our eternal life right here and right now. So what does that mean for you? When we talk about things on this level, a lot of times we can be like, well, what does that mean for my day today? Well, maybe it just means that you worship God. Maybe it just means that you worship God. And there's a little part of you that believes that this goodness and glorious truth and the reality that there is going to be a day where every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. And there is going to be a day where there is no more mourning or crying or pain. That Maybe just believing that a little bit more today. Maybe just taking a moment of worship, putting on a song, worshiping God, thanking Him 
that he decided (laughs) that it was worth it, that God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Want to learn more about God and His will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.